This is Marianne Window. And this is Mary Lou Lord. And welcome to episode six of How the Hell Did That Happen? Woohoo! Episode six. <laughs> I know, I can't believe it. That's that's how the hell did that happen in itself. When Absolutely. have we been consistent? Right? When have we been consistent Never. enough with anything? <laughs> Never. <laughs> I I know. I'm very impressed. And We've, a lot's been going on since we last um, spoke. I've been mm. to Tasmania. You've been to New mm-hmm. York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually <laughs> saw um, I saw Joan Jett. She was quite good. I it was in a tiny little club in Melbourne. Well, when I say tiny, probably about six hundred, seven hundred people, maybe, mm-hmm. which is small for her. That is small for her. Yeah, because she's doing a uh, tour of Australia as part of this big one red hot summer or something like that. And it's all these bands on the bill and Susie Quattro's on the bill and all that kind of thing. Um, But they had an extra show, so they did it in this club show. But they oversold it. It was way too crowded. Hmm. I was just down the back because I couldn't be bothered fighting through the masses. But it was good, though. It was good to see her in a smaller environment. Yeah. She probably likes playing in a little littler place, too. Yeah. And it was very, very, like, people were right into it. Mm-hmm. But she she was good, though, because she, she knows what to do because she plays the hits early and then saves, like, a big gun for the end. But she doesn't just bombard people with new stuff all the time mm-hmm. she'll she knows people are there to hear mm-hmm. the hits mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so she did like cherry bomb about song three or something like that so it was like no one's there going when's she gonna do that she just bang into it yeah so it was quite yeah. good and i watched bird box have you seen it i did <laughs> oh my god it's so boring i just oh, it was <laughs> look i'll tell you what the story was boring but I still felt anxious the whole way through. I felt like there were too many dropped plot lines. Like you couldn't follow what was going on half the time because all you did was you were just waiting for the next piece of violence to come up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the end was just dumb, but I'm not going to give it away for people. No, I don't give but- it away. Um, yeah, I thought, oh, I-, I waited all this time for this. This is this is my payoff of watching this thing for I, two hours. <laughs> I know. That's how I felt. It was like I've just sat here with like an anxious, fast, <laughs> rapid heartbeat every time someone's like smashed their head open or something like that. It's just made me go, ugh, mm-hmm. ugh, every five seconds. And then that that was the end. <laughs> anyway. We won't give it away for people who haven't watched it, but I don't. I think I'm probably the last person in the world to watch it because I only watched it last week. I also couldn't really figure out what the, what the thing was. What was the thing <laughs> that was trying to get them? Well, the thing figure. changed. This is the whole thing because I was watching it with Monique when I was in Tasmania and we were both saying, well, are the people the thing and are they like people that, turned by the thing or were they people that just were evil in the world and wanted you to see the thing or was the thing like just a cloud or was it I just didn't get it I didn't get it and I thought well how come some people can walk around quite fine and others didn't 
Exactly. And it's like maybe they were bad people. This, <laughs> they were bad people. Well, if it's well, this is the, the whole thing was dumb from the start because she and her sister were both in the car at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did they one see the thing and one not when they were both staring out the same window? Yeah. I mean, the whole movie was riddled <laughs> with that kind of shit. And, uh, I know, you know, but you know what I'm like? I'm a stickler for it has to make sense. I but if too. you let go of it has to make sense, it actually is okay. I went along for the ride. It was still. okay. You know, the, Me was, too. The journey was pretty good. The destination was not so much. But you got, well, that's it's right. like and you, it you went to of, see an eclipse and it, and it was raining or something, you know. <laughs> but uh, and the journey, it was cool. The journey was cool. and But at the very start, when you see that opening scene of a you know, very sternly talking to those children. Uh-huh. And I thought, oh, that's an abusive parent. That's <laughs> terrible. What's uh-huh. she doing? And then you realise later on when they keep switching back that she was actually not being mean to them. Mm. But it was pretty confronting at the start. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was a bit of in- in- light entertainment. I'm mm-hmm. glad I watched it because then I wouldn't die wondering. <laughs> But have you been listening to some new stuff this week? Um, what did I hear? Uh, I know I heard something. I I heard the new, um, <laughs> uh, the new Phoebe Bridges, um, Connor Oberst collaboration. Um, yes. I think it's called Better Oblivion Center of the Arts. Or something. <laughs> Better is, Oblivion. This is one of the problems I. This is one of the problems I have with it. Yeah. I, who can ever remember the name? Are they yeah. trying to make it like um, Village Green Preservation Society kind of? Yeah, knowledge, maybe. You know? Or uh, Lacuna, you know. <laughs> Lacuna. <Yeah>, maybe. <laughs> right, that was I the know. name of well, the place. Well, it was kind of weird. In Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless The Memory Month. Erasure. Exactly right, yeah. Um, That's it. But I did, so. look, I know we've had words about this already and I'm not going to go over my stance on it because uh-huh. I don't want to cloud people's judgment. But I did listen to that song Dylan Thomas a couple more times because I thought, look, I have to give it another chance rather mm-hmm. than just write it off as one big thing. Uh-huh. Um, and there are moments in it that I thought were really good, like when they did the harmonies, it mm-hmm. sounded really good. Yeah, I thought that their but, voices ba- were very well balanced, and I just thought it was a, a fun song. Um, it is a fun I, song. I love the guitar at the sort of the tail end of the song. The uh, some kind I of a really solo. liked it. Yeah, I, I liked really it a lot. Liked the musical aspect of it. Yeah, Chesapeake, I liked. Mm-hmm. I really liked that one, and that Blackheart one. I can't remember the whole. Mm-hmm. name of it yeah i thought it was a good record though good good um good and it seemed like they're probably having a lot of fun they're friends and the other <laughs> interesting thing i listened to a couple of other things speaking of ryan adams did you listen to his new song oh i did yeah i really liked Fuck it the rain it's called i love that's it. not I the one i really heard and... wait no oh, no no i, I heard the one that the, it's one. about a town in pennsylvania it's like um oh, the name of a town heard... what the hell is it my brain is 
Okay. <laughs> it's shit. It's um. <laughs> so, oh, d- it, d- something girl. Um, D- Doylestown girl. Something. Like oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. I I remember. I, I did think hear it was that. called Doyle's. Yeah. Um, but the one I've been, I listened to this other one that came up on my new released radar. Because okay. every week on Spotify, I get new re- new releases picked out for me to listen to, right? Based on what I've been listening to or what I like mm. or whatever. But and I know there's a lot of Spotify detractors out there, but I love it. I think it gives me. A lot I really of, like um, it too. Music that I wouldn't have ordinarily heard, and definitely. And I go and see these bands then, or these artists when they come to my town, and I'll go and buy their records when mm-hmm. they're playing live and stuff like that. So, you know, if I hadn't heard them on my new release radar, would I have gone and see them? Probably exactly not. right. So yeah. I think they're doing a good job. I was going to tell you about the Ryan Adams track I've been listening to, which is called okay. Fuck the Rain, and I really like it. Fuck it's the Rain from... or Fuck the Rain? Fuck the Rain. With the F-U-C-K? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Say it one more time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if it was an iPhone, it would be Duck the Rain, but it's not. So it's from that album. He's going to have three albums out. So this oh. is from the first one, and it's going to be called Big Colours apparently. And it's out, I don't know, April, I think they said it was going to be out. But speaking of prejudice, do you know, I listened to that song and I thought, oh, this is really good and I really like that guitar solo in there. And I listened to it a few times and I thought it sounded really good. And I went and looked it up. And do you know who does the guitar solo? Okay, let me guess. Uh, So it's a, a Ryan Adams song. Mm. Called fuck the and rain. it's someone I would, yeah, and it's someone doing the guitar solo that I would ordinarily cross the road to avoid, never listen to. Oh, okay. Let me guess. Um, I'll I'll do th- <laughs> <laughs> I'll do three guesses. Okay, I'm gonna guess Slash. No. Okay. Newer than him. Oh. Hmm. Um. Okay. So. And more commercial. Um, is it somebody that I would know about? Yes, you would know about him. <laughs> okay. Um, solo so, artist. A solo artist. Um, Very is he, commercial. Um, not a country person. Not a country person. Um, not that Joe Bonamassis guy. <laughs> Not him. He's more mainstream than him. Wow. Uh, um, Keith Urban? Not as country as Keith Urban. I'll give you a clue. Okay. His body's a wonderland. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I should have guessed that. Oh, my God. I should have guessed that. Oh, God. Well, I know. Maybe they're friends. Well, I don't know, but it actually sounded really good. And if I had have known that it was going to be him, I would have gone, oh, that's terrible. That's shit. I don't like it. (laughs) But because I didn't know, I actually liked it. Oh, my God. I've got to to admit that I liked it. Maybe he's just, you know, playing with the Grateful Dead guys. Maybe he's wisened up a bit and... Um, he did say something. Maybe he made a and. comment about Phoebe Bridgers. Um, 
So Did maybe he? that was right around the same time that Ryan Adams was making this record that Phoebe was making her record as well. Uh, you I, you never know because um, Could I, be. I do remember that John Mayer said something like, um, oh, he, you know, regarding Phoebe Bridges, he said, uh, I'm not, you know, I've heard the future of music and a monster is upon us or something. A monster song. Oh, I remember that. Right. I remember that. And um, also, remember Ryan Adams is a huge Grateful Dead fan. So that's he could right. have gone to one oh, of those that's, shows. You know, that's probably, that's probably the case, yeah. And um, who's that guy? Yeah. Andy, Andy Cohen. Um, he's got a, like a talk show, and I know that um, – that John Mayer is really close with Andy Cohen and they often go to concerts together and stuff. So they're probably all like concert, music, friends, pals. Um, so that, that makes sense. Probably. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe he can be positively influenced. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. exactly. John Mayer can Jesus. anyway. Well. Because maybe he was just marketed into that bad... Um, image that we have of him because he was on Sony and probably still is. Well, he just seemed like such a little shit too, you know, in a completely different way than right now. I know. <laughs> just like, oh, I God, know. that fucking body is just awful. Like, what a prick. <laughs> like a self-centered prick. I know. Prick. I didn't. I um. Anyway, John Mayer. John Mayer guest appearance. Mm. I didn't hate it. Okay. And also, he's got he's got Bob Mould and mm. Ben Montanch and Don Was playing mm-hmm. on his album. Mm-hmm. And see, I've been busy listening because I also listened to the new Jenny Lewis track, mm. which is called Red Bull and Hennessy, and. I think her album's out in March, but she's also got Ben Montench and Don Was and Ryan Adams and Beck and Ringo Starr Whoa. playing on her album. So cool. she's pulled out the big guns. I don't know who's footing the bill for those. I think it's Warner's. I'm not sure. But um, I listened to this song and it's it's very much – it reminded me of Fleetwood Mac actually, but Whoa. like a hard edge, a hard edge Fleetwood Mac. Right, so it makes sense that she's got all those 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 guys on it, mm-hmm. but um, I'll be interested to hear what the other tracks are like. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it; I I liked it, but anyway, we'll um, see what happens. I mm. I don't know who's producing it. It might be Ryan Adams again. I'm That's all sure. very exciting. I heard the new um, Evan Dando record, um, Lemonheads. Oh. Um, yeah, that should be coming out in just a few weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, I'm really looking forward to hearing that. I heard one track, but that's it. What What are the tracks that you like? Um, you I I kind of liked all of them. I really, <laughs> I really liked. Um, but I guess because I've never really heard anyone tackle covering it before. But he's doing "Take It Easy," right? Get the uh. Eagles and. Yeah, uh, I just think it's cool as shit that he's doing that. Um, there's he's doing a Yola Tango. Um, 
I can't remember if it's a Yola Tango cover or if it's a Yola Tango original, but I remember I first heard that song on Fake Book, their record. Oh, yeah. I love that record. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a really cool record. And, and Evan Dando, when it comes to covering, uh, he's, he's just he's such a king, you know, when it comes to cover the cover song. He rules. He owns it. Absolutely. And do you know what is really interesting that you brought up the Lemonheads and Evan because I also listened to that guy. You know that guy from the Mother Hips? What's his name again? Oh, yeah, I love him. Um, Tim Bloom. Tim, yeah, Tim Bloom. He has put out like a, I think, again, it's probably coming out in March or something. But really? It's it's like a traditional country album. Oh, so cool. he's got this, this. The song I heard was "Where I Park My Mind." Uh-huh. It's called, and it's like one of those real old country. You know, I had a beer for breakfast, wow. and all where that did you hear this? Just curious. I heard it on my Spotify new release radar. Really, it's in bloom. Wow. Yes. Awesome. And okay. then, but what I was going to say is, when I listened to it, I thought this could be Evan Dando. It I know. So similar, Isn't like it? their voices. Yeah. The tone is almost exactly the same totally like a deeper jackson brown or something um i've yeah there's another guy um josh latanzi he's in a band called the candles and he also you've played that to me yeah he's in um oh what's her name um Um, Nora Jones. He's in Nora Jones' oh, band. Um, but right. yeah, so Tim to me sounds, Tim Bloom sounds to me like a cross between Josh Latanzi and, and Evan. Um, but the three of them, they're like three of my favorite singers and with, with Jackson Brown influence, of course, thrown in. So absolutely good stuff, man. Absolutely. Well, this is going to be good. This is going to be a good year. I know, and that's only, and I still had like more tracks that I listened to, but I'll save those for another time. So this Spotify has an actual new release? Every week it gives me a playlist that says new release radar and it's based on all the other stuff that I listen to. Mm. So it obviously tracks it and thinks, oh, well, you're going to like this and oh. you're going to like this and you listen to these people and those people. So it, it sort of makes you know like we were talking about there are no filters anymore well this is kind of like a filter because it yeah it cuts out all the stuff I know I'm not gonna like yeah exactly that's great and it and it gives me what they think I might like and still it's hit and miss I mean there's a lot of stuff on the what you might like that I didn't like but Mm -hmm. there was enough there Mm mm-hmm I wonder if that's all based on algorithms or if it's actual real people that put some of that stuff together. No, it'd be algorithms, wow. I reckon. And I that's reckon cool. the ones they and I think the ones they pick would be like higher profile push ones, maybe. Mm. But mm. then you think, well, Tim Bloom, who's pushing him? I don't know. Right? Yeah. But there were a couple more, like Teddy and the Rough Riders. They had a really good one that I liked. Yeah, I don't know that. Um they're from Nashville and they're quite good. But there was a song that I listened to because it made me think of you, which was called Yellow Bike. <laughs> My old yellow bike. <laughs> but that bike. was by, yeah. yeah, that was called Pedro the Lion. It was about 
that it was by Pedro the Lion and it was called Yellow Bike and it was about him telling the story of a bike he got for Christmas, a yellow bike, <laughs> and how excited he was when he got the yellow bike. Yeah. And it reminded me that of you telling me about your yellow bike. Yeah. So that was like what, when we said that time, what was your worst Christmas present and your <laughs> best Christmas present? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you told me your best was the yellow bike and my best was Hugo Man of a Thousand Faces. <laughs> <laughs> this creepy doll. I don't know if anyone else had one, but it was so cool. It was like a creepy doll. It looked like Minnie Me. <laughs> a, bald he- a bald-headed doll. But anyway. Mm. So there you go. We've had a few um, good things to listen to this week and I'll put some links up on our page so that other people can see it. Yeah, I so. didn't I didn't do all that much listening this week, I guess. Um, but, yeah, I've I just been a little bit busy and I knew that you had been listening. I know, because I've had a lot of travel time this week. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of flights. I've had airport waiting around. And you, and uh, you did I've some recording or some practicing? Rehearsing. We did some practicing, yep, with um, my friend Monique Brumby. We're recording her sixth album. I love that. I love that track, um, cro- Crossing Over Albion, is it? Albion, yeah. So I'm looking forward good. to Are you going that. to – you're playing with her on that one? Yeah, I'm going to play bass, but it's changed a bit mm-hmm. since that acoustic version, so – not dramatically, but um, it's a bit. It's going to have the whole band and drums and the big awesome. shebang. So it'll good. be good. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's a hit. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what's a hit these days? Who knows? We'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah. But you know what you and I think are a hit. Uh, sometimes far and away, other people's. But anyway, was your entire Facebook, um. Filled with uh, comments on Greta Van Fleet. No, I didn't no. see any of it because uh. because people here don't care. <laughs> I well well Saturday Night Live isn't on free to air TV. You have to have cable to watch it. So not everyone watches it for okay. a start. And then I just think that well, my Facebook was filled up with it from. Americans talking about it. Right, that's what I mean. And I, and I, yeah, I saw it and I, well, I didn't, I made a point of not clicking on it because it came up when I was doing other things and then I thought, you know what, I never need to listen to this because uh-huh. <laughs> a thousand people have just told me how much it sucks. <laughs> so I'm not going to bother. But you listened to it. What did you think? I thought that... um you know, they they definitely sound like they've been listening to a lot of Led Zeppelin all their life, um, mm. which is fine. So you about know, I, five I years. never have a problem with bands that sound like other bands or people that sound like other people, clones. I don't care. If they've got good songs, that's the name of the game, right? And I just yeah. have not heard a single song that I could remember from the life of me. I just don't think that no. they have any good songs, and to me, to my, in my to my mind, um, a band that's going to be a career artist, no matter what they sound like, 
um, they've got to have songs. Otherwise, they'll just be a sort of a one hit. Well, they're, they're young. And by the time they get like five years from now, if they haven't come up with any songs, they're going to be older and most likely forgotten about. I didn't listen to them because I just was sick of hearing everyone talk about them or read about them, whatever. And then I sort of looked at a picture of them and I thought, mm, are they real or are they just like manufactured? I don't know. I don't know the background of them. I haven't really looked into it, but I just think it's such a dumb name. I don't understand where they got the name from. <laughs> it's a really dumb name. But <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was a person. Yeah, I didn't a lot think of it was a band of a young woman boys. Named Greta. Yeah. But they didn't have, they they just don't have any songs. You know, they don't have any songs. They're young, right. they play well, they sound like Led Zeppelin and they don't have any fucking songs. So <laughs> In my opinion, I mean, that's just my opinion. Well, that makes sense. But there's like a million bands in the world like that in garages all across the countries, the world well, over. there are, but there are And they're aren't. young. So I, what, here's did, the thing is that a lot of these dudes that like them, and I would say that it's definitely dude heavy um, that mm. like them are people I think that they're like weekend warriors they're lazy listeners they're people that are the first to complain right. that there's no there's not enough or no young new bands playing real instruments and doing real rock and roll and that kind of thing when right. we know and others that are more in, in we're not just weekend listeners or weekend warriors of the music patrol. We know that there's great stuff out there, right? Uh, so it just, it amused me, a lot of these people that were commenting, because, um, you know, there's a million bands out there that they're not talking about. Why are they talking about this one? And it's because I think they're lazy. And this is like one of the first bands that they've heard about that that do uh, play their own instruments and play rock and roll and whatever um, that sound that have that old old school kind of a sound a very hard sound. Um, but so that that got me kind of am- amused at the oh now they're all chiming in. But. <laughs> Well, that's interesting, and I didn't really read a lot of the comments, but I did see that people were irate that <laughs> they were getting this attention, but they were mainly other musicians that were saying that. But but then you think, well, that's a good point that you make because there's so much, you know, electronic or studio-based sounds that, people are singing to and it's on the radio and whatever mm. else edm but spins yeah spin off stuff and right all of that that it, it sounds like someone's just put a track together and then got some people in to sing over it but these guys are actually out there doing it right the interesting thing is though as I, what i meant to say was there are thousands of people boys 16 17 18 19 getting together and 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 playing Led Zeppelin and all that kind of thing and making their own songs based on that's the first thing they learnt to play or whatever mm-hmm. but how did these guys get singled out from the pack because right. 
do they know someone, <laughs> do you reckon? Do they get a leg up somewhere? I don't know. Right. That's what makes me wonder, how do these guys get the break right. among all those? I think I read something about that. I think somebody mentioned something about that. It, I, I want to say it was Kid Rock, of all people. Um, oh, maybe okay. he... I, I want to say it's Kid Rock. It was somebody like that that um, helped them get the, get their initial foot in. Um, right. So, I mean, they're in, right, obviously, but the real test will be, um, will is, uh, is the test of can you write a fucking song? Oh, yeah. And what are they going to do with it now that they're in? It's their chance exactly. to shine. Exactly. Because hardly anyone gets that chance. It's like yeah. the 1%. The one percent right. that gets in like that, mm-hmm. and then what do they do with it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'll be interested to know. Yeah, but should I listen to it? Well, I mean, I I am of the mindset of I I want I would like to listen before I make a comment or something, and I would like to. Well, know that's what why I haven't made a comment. <laughs> okay, okay, I see. Well, I mean, and they also covered this. They covered this beloved Fairport Convention song, I Meet know. on the Ledge, and it was I just know. awful, right? And uh, <laughs> and I would think, geez, if you're going to treat it that way, did you like it the first time around, or did somebody tell you to do it? You know, did some, I, I don't know, like Richard Thompson fan uh, person, knowing that there's a relationship between Sandy Denny um, and Led Zeppelin, so there's Fairport, right? Um, she sang the song on the album with, I think, Ian Matthews might, might have been the other person. So there's a connection between Led Zeppelin and Meet on the Ledge, that song. Um, and the connection is Sandy Denny, and maybe Led Zeppelin were fa- friends with Fairport back then. But mm. <laughs> So somebody might have kind of educated them behind the scenes a little bit but it just seems to me that they missed the point because the the song holds barely any of the merit beyond the title as the original do you know what I mean Mm, well see that's why I didn't want to listen to it well I mean but you keep saying that Marianne right but I mean you you say that often I didn't want to listen to it because I'm I'm not going to listen to it but it's like I don't know. You listen and come to your own conclusion. It's not going to destroy you. You can listen and, and you know decide for yourself what what you think. Um, All right. Well, <clears throat> that's my homework. Then I'm going to listen to it. Well, it's it's and I'll, I'll you're probably you going to come to the same conclusion I did because we do have very similar tastes, um, <laughs> and you're going to think it's a lot of shit. Um, yeah, I didn't I hear any songs. That's why. Yeah, well, I, I, ha- I have to be honest. I hadn't even heard of them until this uproar. I had heard I of them for a while were. because of um, I love Led Zeppelin, right? Um, and mm. I knew about that Fairport Convention cover, and I was, I was ah. curious, and so I gave it a listen. This was maybe a year ago, maybe longer. Right. Um, so I've been following them for a little bit, but. And again, I, I do want to like them, um, but I mm. but how can you like any band? 
if they don't have any good songs. I won't do it. I can't do it, no matter how good they are, no matter how technically good they are, no matter how cool they look or whatever. If they don't have any fucking songs, I'm sorry, but I, I like to listen to a good song. Well, that's right. And and the other thing is a good song is going to override anyone's look or their influences or whatever because it, it doesn't need to be explained to you. If you hear a good song, it's just there. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Or or pick a cover and do it well. I mean, if if they're not able to write and if they pick a song like Meet on the Ledge, don't do, don't bastardize it that much and just turn it into something that it's really that it, it, this is weird territory because I do a lot of covers right and I'm mm. all for someone doing a cover and who am I to tell them don't do it like that but when you mm. lose the integrity of it um so badly by destroying the mel- the melody and just making it too much your own right we've mm. had this discussion before where how Phoebe said you've got to wear the skin of the song therefore you've got to be inside it and these Mm. guys are just like um you know they're they've made it way too much about them and that's that's a fine balance you've got to be inside the song but you and portray it honestly but you can't let your ego get in get in the way of what what the song's trying to do and they've absolutely inserted their ego right in the middle of it well, that's interesting because they're quite young, aren't they? Like mm-hmm. early 20s or late teens. Yeah, I would imagine. So I'd like to know how much of that interpretation was studio-based with the nudge along of a producer or a couple of producers and how much came from them because mm. – as you know, it takes a lot of experience to really reinvent a cover. Mm-hmm. So if you listen to a song like Meet on the Ledge and then totally interpret it in a, in a really abstract mm-hmm. way that's not anything like the sentiment of the song, mm-hmm. it makes me think, well, like you were saying earlier, did someone tell them to do it? Mm-hmm. Did someone suggest they produce it like that? I don't mm. just don't know. Right. I don't I know, know that they would have the experience to turn it on its head like that if that's right. what they've done because I haven't heard it. But yeah. I'm going to listen to it now and then mm. I'll have a better idea. Mm. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, that's just my opinion and what do I know? Well, you know. Well, you know a lot. You know a lot more than a lot of people. So, well, it is an opinion and at the end of it all. And I know and here's another thing. I, I I also need to insert um, the fact that I, I know that who am I to, you know, they're young and they're trying and there's Mary Lou, bad mouth, you know, but they don't need my fucking, <laughs> they, it, like what I say about them isn't going to matter one bit, you know, they're no past, way. they're, they're past anything they're, they're in. Right. So, um, it's just, it's just my opinion. And a lot of people were talking about them and, uh, I thought that I'd, Toss in my own opinion. Yes, well, you weren't the only one, so it's (laughs) kind of interesting. And it's good to have a perspective and it's good that you're willing to give them a chance. That's what I say. I need to give more people a chance. 
<laughs> I need to give John Mayer a chance now. Because, <laughs> oh, my God. Because I did like that guitar solo, I've got to say. Yeah, good. On that Ryan Adams song. It was very good. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where can I hear it again? It's on Spotify. Okay. Ha- what I should say, though, and the sky, uh, it's called Fuck the Rain, but which sounds like fuck Lorraine to me <laughs> when he sings <laughs> No, the old Paul Lorraine. Yeah. <laughs> she ever done? <laughs> well, we were talking about Bikini Kill last week or last episode about the murderer guy, mm-hmm. Castle Net Mike, trying mm-hmm. to attack her at the show at the Middle East and you were there. And now Bikini Kill have announced that they're reuniting and doing shows again. That's pretty amazing. That is, that's so crazy. I mean, I haven't really thought of them in, um, geez, like at least 15 years. And then I had that conversation with you about Mike Castleneck, the the um, guy that murdered his girlfriend in Boston. Crazy, right? Um, it was part of my, part of my past, but he was, when I would do, when I would be busking in Harvard Square or in the Boston Common, he was a guy that was around a lot. And um, I've told you that story before um, about, because I know you, you're into the the murder mysteries. Um, I he know. He was featured on something that you saw, right? Um, yeah, Stalkers Who Kill. And oh, it was, yeah. a, it was actually a... Um, it was on Netflix or something like that. It might not have been Netflix. It might have been something else, but it was the girlfriend before the one that ended in being killed. But the girl before was from Salem and it made me think, oh, maybe you knew that girl and that's when I mentioned it to you and you right. said, oh, that guy. And yes. then I didn't know that you knew the guy. I knew the guy. That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, so crazy. But then, yeah, so when you brought that up, when we were talking about that last week, I, of course, you know, I thought, oh, my God, that Bikini Kill show was crazy. And um, and then I hadn't thought of Bikini Kill in a really long time. I mean, I love them, whatever, but I hadn't thought. Yeah. And then this week, um, it was uh, released that they were, that they're doing some shows again. And I think they're doing three Maybe one in New York, one in L.A., and one, I don't remember where, but uh, they're all three sold out in two seconds. <laughs> I know. Right? Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, that's fantastic for them, though, too, but it also shows that there's a bit of a gap there because mm-hmm. obviously people want that music and they're not getting it, so they just want to go straight back to it. Well, yeah, I mean... Why? Why wouldn't people? I think people are in a um, good position now to uh, they can afford a ticket, right? Mm. Um, and it, I just think that it's an awesome thing to do to to do these shows again. Um, Bikini Kill, you know, they were one of the most influential bands of the '90s, really, um, and a lot of a lot of women. Um, you know, were um, inspired by them. A lot of young women that hold the riot girl movement and um, they meant a lot to a lot of people. And I think that a lot of those people would would love to see them. And obviously they do because they sold out so quickly. 
I know. Well, it's interesting because um, I started playing in bands really because of this place in Melbourne called Rock and Roll High School, which was the precursor to all those School of Rock and Mm -hmm. the Girls Rock Camp and all of that. And it was just out of a little house in Mm -hmm. Collingwood in Melbourne and all those um, bands that used to come through in the early 90s would come, like L7 came to the school and... Sonic Youth came to the school. It wasn't a school. It was more like a community house that people mm. would would go to and play and this woman, Stephanie Burke, ran it. Um, but I remember that when Sonic Youth came to the school, it was uh, Steve Shelley and Thurston Moore and Mike D from the Beastie Boys and his wife, who was a Tamara, who was a film director, that did that movie with um <laughs> with Britney Spears. I can't remember the name of it. But anyway, I was the only person who had a car and I basically had to drive them to the airport in my old brown Corolla. <laughs> and <laughs> so they all bundled into my car and I was driving and we went past this record store called The Gold Mine and they said, we've got to stop there. There could be gold in there. And Mike <laughs> D's going, we well, have to stop. Can you please stop? And I said, no. We're not stopping. We've got to go to the airport. You'll miss your flight. And his wife turned to me and said, I want you to be our tour manager. <laughs> there you go. But, but regardless of that, they were talking in the car because being a driver, I get to hear these things. Mm. They were talking in the car about Courtney and Kathleen having a big oh, punch God. on. Oh. Yeah, and it had just happened and wow. there was some – talk of there being a death threat or something like that, that it was really, really bad, this this fight that they'd had. I think it was on Lollapalooza at the, at the same time. Okay. And they'd just come to Australia and it, that had just happened. So that leads us into the fact that Courtney was just on Twitter <laughs> saying really mean things about Bikini Kill because they actually sold out all their shows and – she obviously had a problem with it. Now, what makes her the fucking expert? What makes her the you know go-to consultant on what what Bikini Kill um, are all about? You know what I mean? Like what 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 fucking <laughs> as I if know, she has the right she... to any any kind of an opinion, as if her opinion matters. You know what I mean? Well, the whole thing is. Um, she was saying that they were lame, that they weren't authentic, and then there was that commentary that's added in by whoever re retells what she's tweeted or whatever, and then they're going that they, you know, she had that that song saying, I went to school in Olympia, everything's the same, everything's the same. Oh, that's about Kathleen Hanna and how lame she is and how much of a rip-off she is. And anyway, so there was all this toing and froing. In the press, but obviously Bikini Kill don't give a shit. They're not going to retaliate because who cares, as you say. Mm. But what does make her the expert? Well, (laughs) no one can ever call her an expert in anything, I don't think. But you probably know more about that than than I do. And (laughs) you've probably got your own stories. Well, I know you've got your own stories (laughs) to say about about Courtney Love and, you know, are you ever going to tell those stories, do you think? Do you think you're at a point in your life where you can look back with 
the ability to not just get all infuriated again <laughs> because um, that would be hard. Well, uh, have a, you know, it's a little bit mixed because I'm like, well, what, what the fuck does it matter? Why would I talk about this? Why, um, you know, this is a story that's a million years old now, right? Um, does it have any any bearing or influence or weight to where I'm at now? Um, so it's like, well, is it something that I need? Let go of it, Mary Lou, you know, let it go. Um, is it that kind of a thing? Or is it something like these are stories? You know what I mean? This is a, this is a big chunk of history of my life, right? Um, so that that's where um, I'm a little bit uh, confused, I guess. Like, like, would anyone give a shit, right, about these stories? Um, is it is it something that I sh- should? Because people, if I've said mentioned it on Facebook, people are like you're still, you know, flogging that same old story again. <laughs> Let it go, kind of thing. And I'm like, but I, but then that I all think that. It's... Go ahead. Are you there? I think it's it's a tricky one because, yeah, you just dropped out for a minute. But I think it's relevant because it is an influential time of not only your life but of music and it was a very very influential time for a lot of people that came out of that time and a lot of music was created in that time but we didn't have all the avenues of blogging and YouTube and people didn't have phone cameras to snap every little bit of everything that happened. Yeah, that's true. A lot of history was written according to the person that wanted to paint themselves in the the best picture they could. So what I'm getting at is that you've never had a platform or a chance to really tell your truth or your story because even on Facebook, if you've said anything like that, it's never really – the tone or the context coming from you talking. And I think there's a lot of value in you doing that. If you if you wanted to, I, for one, would find it really interesting and just happy to give you the opportunity to set the record straight or to tell your story from your point of view. Not that you owe it to anyone. <laughs> um, it, it's a pretty, it's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty long. Um, there's se- several I know. components of it to, in order to to tell it and to tell it right. You know, I mean, it was it yeah. was a big, big time of my life, of of all of our lives, your life as well. I'm sure. Um, it, yeah. A lot of things happened. A lot of things changed. There was so much change. Very, very, in a sh- very short amount of time, you know what I mean. And and you were, you were, you rode that wave, and so did I. And um, yeah. At at some point, it would be really good to tell these stories. Um, I would love to tell the story, and get, just just to put it to bed, if anything, and to really let it go. And because the only story, you know, the, the um side that anyone really got was Courtney because 
I, I was I wasn't talking back then. Um, she was a lot. You know what I mean? And it's been it's pretty one sided. Yeah. And um yeah, it's part of my life, like these stories, like how the hell did that happen, right? <laughs> That's um, Exactly. It's a big one. Yeah. So it's at some point, yeah, definitely. Some of it is pretty funny. Some of it, a lot of it is heartbreaking. Some of it is funny, um, but it's it's sincere, really. It was it was the truth. Well, I know from the things that you've told me, and you can't make that stuff up. <laughs> you just can't. No, you just can't make that stuff up. No, and this, but also that woman, like Courtney Love. She creates drama everywhere she goes. <laughs> but it's the key word is creates it. Like it's almost like it's it's a it's a forethought that she wants to create this drama because even someone I went to school with, for example, in Melbourne actually arrested her when she got off the plane <laughs> in Melbourne because she'd caused such a scene on the flight and had to take her back to the police station and all of that from the tarmac. And, you know, and she said, oh, you know, she was nice as pie, quiet, reserved, fine, because she knows how to act under different circumstances. Mm. And that's the thing. It's about manufacturing your own truth. Mm, And I think when someone's out there spinning all the time, it's nice to have the balance or the counterbalance to actually spin it the other way, but it's not spin, it's truth. Exactly. And I, and I think we need that balance because history, it'll get too far along and everyone will remember what she chose to put out there rather than the truth. And I think it's important that we hear these stories to counteract what's been manufactured in a way yeah i mean i think so too it's like kurt kurt cobain had a life before her right and um the way Mm. she tells these or that she's told these stories in the past it's like (laughs) you'd you'd be led to believe that she created him you know what i mean um just uh exactly yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions and, and there's lies floating around that I've never actually corrected. Um, just because, like, I, I just wanted to let it go, let it die down. But now it's like, you know, why not just tell it? There's no shortage of, there's always some new Nirvana fans out there. and And I remember when I was a fan of whoever I was a fan of, whether it be Ian Anderson or, um, you know, <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, wanted, I wanted to know everything about them. Um, and how would I know exactly. if, you know what I mean? So it might be cool. Maybe some people will listen to the these stories from our past, from the 90s, and, and talk a little bit about how I got to, how I arrived in Olympia, um, how I met Kurt, um, Courtney, the, the, God, that's a topic in itself. Um, and then Elliot, um, (laughs) it was a pretty amazing time. 
and why not, right? Well, even, you know, it's exactly right and it's your you've got time in those early stages and pivotal moments of quite a few influential people that you don't crow about or say, well, I was there when this happened and I was there when that happened, but that's because you're a humble person and don't think that it matters. But in the annals of rock history, as I see it, I think it matters and I'd like to hear it and I'd like to hear you tell it. And also, if I were you, I'd just be really pissed off that there were people out there that thought something happened that didn't whether it be, you know, a story that Chinese whispered out into one thing mm-hmm. or, you know, I just want to set the record straight if I were you and I want to, I want to see you set the record straight and just tell, tell your story like it happened. Okay. <laughs> so let's right? do it. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty not cool today. thing. Well, not today. Yeah. We need, no, we'll, no. we'll do it if we get people to. Well, I've had, <laughs> you know, three uh, – Three three people, um, three different people have written in to us um, suggesting or asking us um, to talk about this. Um, right. You know what I mean? And so, like, whatever. Um, it, is, it is a big, big topic. Um, but I, I would like to talk about that. Um, well, yeah. I'd like you to talk about it too. And I think this kind of a forum is a perfect way to do it because you're not being paid by anyone you're not paying anyone <laughs> we're just sitting here talking as you know being friends and having our discussions that we always do and it's like you know well it's it's real shit you know like he was my real friend and Elliot Smith was my yeah. real friend and Sean Colvin was my real friend and um you know that whole time you know I think it's just crazy like like how okay you know you break up with somebody or you guys get broken up you you break up and and your friend Sean Colvin says get your ass out here me and Joan will take care of you and it's like okay and you know Kurt Cobain (laughs) breaks your heart and you're hanging out with Joni Mitchell at her fucking house with Sean Colvin you know getting the there there he's not worth it oh my god so there's these are big stories, you know, and they are amazing. big stories. And oh, and God. even if they were people that weren't as iconic and famous as they are, it's still, still people fucking stories. stories. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like people will know who I'm talking about. It won't just be like my. My friend, my boyfriend Joe, that was in the band. You know, it's like it's yeah. people will know, I know who I'm talking about, yeah. and and it and they feel included just be, because of that. Really, I mean, like Nirvana and Hall, and the, the, they play a part in the fabric of all of our lives. You know what I mean? They're, and um, <laughs> it's uh, it's fun. It's fun at this point, I guess, because it's like, oh, why not? But yeah, so I did. I did see um, some of the comments that Courtney Love made. So she, she's our, she. Uh, maybe she hasn't gotten. She's still spouting out shit about Kathleen and 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 Bikini Kill. It just goes to show that she's not let certain shit go either, has she? You know. No, but I think also 
she's serving herself because any chance to get get out there and say something is going to be taken, which is the opposite of what we're talking about now. You're going, oh, I don't know, is anyone interested, blah, blah, blah. And it's like she's like, all right, well, I'm going to get out there and give my five cents worth every time. No shit. And that's, that's and yet, I mean, the real reason that she doesn't like Bikini Kill, if she's got a problem with them, is because they've got nothing to fucking do with her. And that, if there's anything that she can't stand, it's probably being ignored. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like well, this she's is got true. nothing to do with them, so of course she's going to hate them. Well, anyway, that's right. And it's like <laughs> you know, how old are these people now? <laughs> Coming up to, I don't know. Well, I am I, worrying about. All I am. That. T- I am too, but. Fuck it, I'll still talk about it. And and I'm it, old as well. <laughs> well, that's another reason, you know, all these people that are going to see Bikini Kill, that the reason that it sold out in two seconds, um, this played a very important um, role in our lives back then. This whole, um, these stories, these bands, these people, um, you know what I mean? And so there's mm-hmm. obviously... Um, still a place for these stories and these bands and these people. Um, some of them might be gone, we might be moved on, but I think that it still plays a very big part of our lives. Um, and the fact that a band like Bikini Kill, after not playing for so many years, could sell out that quickly, um, and, and other bands too, and other bands that still have careers, um, it just goes to show that um, it matters to people. These bands do matter. All this stuff that um, played such a big part of our lives when we were growing up. Um, yeah, it matters to people. So we'll see, right? Absolutely. Well, I, for one, will be waiting with bated breath <laughs> to hear what you've got to say. Well, look, the reality of it is you're not telling anyone. You're just telling me, aren't you? That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think you deserve to, to tell what happened because it's part, as you say, it's part of our the fabric of our musical lives and it's pretty much the biggest chunk of our lives is music at this point in time. It Definitely. And it really is one of the, the big how the hell did that happen how the hell did that happen stories that you know personally um have happened um in my life and it's it's connected to other people too so it's cool it definitely is i mean i i met courtney love once too actually at rock and roll high school and she she came in it was everyone was in it was like a house it was like a shop right this place and they'd been converted into a rehearsal space and all the rooms in the house you used to have guitar lessons or bass lessons or drum lessons or whatever and so the front room Courtney was coming she was coming to hear these bands play for her because they were predominantly young girls right and there was this girl band called the Midget Stooges and they were all teenagers and there was another another band called Sourpuss who the lead singer of that band was a girl called Brie 
who was like about 16, and she ended up changing her name to Brody Daly and moving to America and marrying the guy from Rancid because they met at that gig at the – anyway. So so anyway, she played – but Courtney came. She was like an hour late and it was a boiling hot day and everyone was waiting. Like When I say everyone, probably about 15 people were in the room. <laughs> and she comes in and she brought her own camera crew to film her giving a talk to these motley crew of – young girls from Melbourne and she said not not interested in hearing anyone play I just want to talk (laughs) and Stephanie the woman that ran the ran the school she said that's bullshit you came here to listen to you said you wanted to listen to these kids and they've been practicing and they want to play their songs and you're just going to sit there and I didn't say you could because she's just as fired up as Courtney they had this big screaming match down the alley and do you know what (laughs) I had my Walkman and I recorded the whole thing. You did. (laughs) (laughs) I did, but I can't find the tape. I've got to look for it and I've got to find it and I'm going to play an excerpt for you if I can find it. But they were screaming at each other and she's going, you can't come in here with your photo crew. You didn't ask my permission to bring a photo crew in here. And she goes, well, I'm not going to do it if if I can't bring my people in. And it was just so funny. It was like I thought there was going to be blood I <laughs> but um anyway she gave a talk and I remember I got to ask we got to ask a question and mm. I asked her a question and I said what do you think selling out means <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember how I framed it but it was like that and do you know what her answer was she said selling out is selling all the tickets to your shows that's what that she was said. Her answer. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, she said, "Selling out is selling all the like tickets." A true to your politicians. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Because I can't remember. I was like, "Oh, into DIY, do it yourself," and I'm going, "Well, what do you think about people who sign to major record labels yeah. and do everything that <laughs> they get told, and they don't get to choose what songs they want to do and all that?" And I said, "What do you do? You think that's selling out?" And she said, "No, selling out, selling all the tickets to your shows." So there you go, the babies. Yeah, exactly. So she knew what she was doing from the start. Mm -hmm. She just wanted to be that. But anyway, I digress. I want to hear your story, not my boring one. No, no, no. You've got Um, you've got your stories. (laughs) I've got mine. We've all got stories. Yeah. Well, we have, and we've heard some, and we're saving some up. Uh, we're going to ask, keep asking people to give us their stories. Email us or write them in on our Facebook page. Well, Mary Lou, we're going to get some stories from you about this time in your life. It's not going to be today, but it will be very soon. Very soon. What do you think? I think that sounds good, Marianne. Yeah. Okay. Well, tune in. We can't tell you when. You've got to be mentally prepared for this, don't you? You've got to it's, gear up to it. <laughs> it's just so much to it, you know what I mean? I, I'll do my best to um, to um, curtail it as much as I can and keep it keep it relatively simple. Um, no, but it's a, we want the complicated all of it. <laughs> it's, it's just long. It's a long story. There's so many aspects of it, really. It's... Um, 
I know. So I think we're going to have to make it into like a five-part series. I think it would definitely warrant at least three, um, three different um, separate. I think it would take longer than a half an hour. Um, I definitely. And there's agree. a few other people that I'm, I'm thinking, you know, that I, I've never spoken to um, about any of this, but I don't know if you remember. Um, I might have mentioned that I was roommates with this girl in London a million years ago um, named Britt Collins. Um, It's just really weird. And I I know that she, Britt Collins, as well as Victoria Clark, were at one point um, going to write a book about Nirvana. And... um, Courtney Love um, and Kurt, I believe, were really upset about this, um, and they threatened both Brit and um, Victoria very badly. And it was right around the same time that I was um, in in the mix. Um, right. But it was just it was just so crazy because, um, as benign as it all was, you know, with having Brit as my roommate. Um, way before um, Nirvana even uh, were a thing, uh, it, it, you know, I, I found out later. I was, you know, who is Courtney going after? And they're like, Britt Collins. I'm like, why does that name ring a bell? And it was like my old old roommate in Islington, um, and she really didn't have much to do with music at that point. So it was just strange. Um, so I. I I'd really like to um, to speak to her again. Um, maybe we yeah. could interview her and ask her, you know, how did it feel to be threatened at that time, like really, really threatened by Courtney and, and have Kurt Cobain um, tagging along because that's the way I, I think of yeah. how that must well, have went down. Be, he probably just didn't want to hear be a fucking really. bitch, you know, so it's like, okay, I'll get on the horn as well. <laughs> But um, I'd like to talk to her. You know, there's, I don't think she's ever explained how that might have made her feel, um, as well as she wasn't you know, living with the she wasn't living you with you in the gas meter. Put the coin no, in she, place. no, she no. It was <laughs> just after that, right? You know, yeah. It was a different. It was an actual apartment. And, okay. Um, I don't even know how I found that apartment, but it was weird. Really, really weird. And then Victoria um, is Shane McGowan's um, wife, I right? Know. And of all I the people, just, and just like randomly met Shane McGowan um, in a bar in Boston, and he was like the only guy in there. And I was like, "Oh my God, that's Shane McGowan! I'm going to go say hi." <laughs> and, and I said, "You know, I'm Mary Lou Lloyd, whatever." He's like, "Oh, how you doing?" and he he knew about me more so because of the the whole Courtney Lovekin. It was just really bizarre. These are like, you know, how how my, the hell did that happen? Yeah, how the dream, how they read like dreams, right? Like building a go kart with the ex landlord. Like these are well, like I building know. a go kart with the ex landlord times ten. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, we should we should talk about it. There will be some funny moments, and I do hope that I can um, track down Brit, and maybe she'll talk to us, and maybe even Victoria, and we can just have a chin wag about how fucked up that time was. 
And you know who else we need to get on the line when you talk about the Palladium story? Because <laughs> I know you're going to tell it. Oh, God. The but <laughs> the, the guy that you... That, that you were there with that night so he can corroborate the story because it's so unbelievable that uh, no one's going to believe it except for the guy that was there that can corroborate. It's it's fucking nuts, yeah. I okay. know it's true, but still. It's okay. crazy. Well, all right. So all we right. have all that to, um, to put together. To and look forward to in the coming of... weeks. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well... Until next time, hopefully mm. next week, we might get another one in between now and me going to Tassie. So um, give us a review in iTunes if you like it. Uh, keep an eye on our fo- Facebook page because I'm going to post and Mary Lou's going to post. We're going to post links to the new music we were talking about so you can listen to it. It really sucks that we can't play it for you, but... We can't afford licenses and all that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, quick it. recap. Um, we talked about the new Ryan Adams. We talked about the new Jenny Lewis. We talked about the new um, Lemonheads slash Evan Dando. Um, and we talked about the new um, Oblivion Center of, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. I know, called. which is Phoebe Bridges and Con- Connor Oberst. Something Community, something community Center. Yeah. Oblivion Community Center. Yeah. I can't remember what the B It's a really for. good record. Yeah. Episode six. Yeah. I know we've rambled down the ra- rabbit hole again. All right. Yeah. Until next time. See you later. See you later. Bye-bye.